Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! for the week of April 14th, 
2016. My nickname is Otero. My nickname is Brian. My nickname is Pear. Oh, that voice. <laughs> and you're listening to IGN's Nintendo show. I don't know why we tried to do that, but Pear, why that voice? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Um, because oh, well, it had to be it had to be accurate, right? They oh. don't they don't have like a Schwarzenegger esque. That doesn't accent. sound. Is that what you think you sound like? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know who that sound sounds like? like? What? No human being in the history of the world. That what? sounds like nobody ever. I sound like that. Well, thank I you for joining us for another fun-filled. <laughs> Can you just answer questions like that the rest oh, yeah. of the show? I will, happily. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. This is IGN's Nintendo Show. Just so you get used to our actual voices, I'm Jose Otero. That's Brian Altano. What's up? And this is... Uh, my nickname. Yeah, hello. My nickname is <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here. All right. So let's kick things off. We're going to talk about a bunch of things today. First of all, the Animal Crossing series celebrates its 15th anniversary. This just happened this week. We're going to talk a little bit about the series as a whole. Secondly, you should do that for everything. Secondly, we're going to talk about Star Fox Guard and what we've played of it and what we can talk about. Uh, is Mitomo fading too fast on the App Store and Google Play? Big question on our minds. And then uh, we're going to follow it up with the question block. we got a fun show, but let's kick it off with the Animal Crossing series, which now celebrates 15 years. That's Ooh. I can't believe it went by so fast. I can. Really? Well, yeah. you were there when it started. So when I played the first game, I had no kids. I had no kids. Mm -hmm. okay. I had no kids. I played the N60, the Japanese N64 release, the mm -hmm. import, um, on cartridge. Animal Forest. And it was called Animal Forest, yeah. Dobutsu no Mori. Yep. And uh, I loved it when it when it came out. It's like it was hard to, uh, you know, when they first showed it, I'm like, is this going to be fun? Mm. All you do is run around. And it's not like it's not even like an RPG where you like you get like the kick ass sword or some new magic power. It's like you give somebody a letter. <clears throat> Or, yeah. you know, like somebody forgot the Game Boy. Kind of like know. answering a question yeah. on an app that just yeah, recently exactly. came out. Okay. Yeah. It's very non-traditional. It's very fascinating because, I mean, we'll talk about Mitomo later in the show, but I think what we, we'll get into with that is that Mitomo is sort of struggling to find that hook that keeps you going. But Animal Crossing was always a proof that it didn't need to be so much of a big hook. Like sometimes it's as small as getting a lamp. <laughs> For yeah. your apartment, you know, like, and, and Mitomo does it to an extent where there's like you can get a shirt every day, yeah. you can go and buy different clothes. Animal Crossing had just enough new stuff every every day or every hour mm -hmm. that it just kept you. The carrot was just small enough to keep you going. And then the changing, the changing seasons obviously yeah. mattered. The holiday kind of check in, and certain insects or fish at certain hours, right? Like they had some clever stuff around the real time clock yeah. mm -hmm. that Mitomo doesn't really have mm -hmm. yet. Right? And they focused on collections and building collections, yeah. and there is that was an the aspect. Other of that that is it just appeals to that OCD side of your brain that must have everything um, I feel like for some folks like trophy culture and achievement culture yeah. has very much become those things um, not to say that they were inspired by Animal Crossing but just to say that it's kind of appeals to that mentality yeah. so my question for you guys then I mean obviously we've been talking a little bit about what makes this series so special and in fact just how many different kinds of people play Animal Crossing to me always strikes me as like oh my god but my question to kick things off is, what was your first interaction with the series? So, Perry, you told yours. Yeah. You imported it. This was strictly through work. I mean, did you know anything before going into I'd it? I'd seen it at, uh, I think it was at Space World in Japan. I'd seen the game before. 
um and and it was a it was a surprise reveal and and it, and it just looked really charming right like the graphics it has that kind of wind waker esque like timeless style where it's yeah. like you don't look at it and go like oh my god these are the best graphics ever but it's like so cartoonish and yet so appealing like the little triangles in the textures and the almost linked to the past like trees all that kind I of stuff I want to ask you this though I feel like <clears throat> whenever Nintendo throws a curveball I always notice, at least maybe in this office or maybe in the social circles I dabble in, there is a split between people willing to give it a chance yeah. and people going, well, this is stupid. I don't, I don't want this. I want Mario 64 too. Right. What was, what was the reaction then uh, from the this, press side? Well, this, these were mind? the days of the kinder, gentler internet. Was um, there a day? <laughs> yeah, no, days? for sure. I, I mm. think, I mean, I, I think r- things have... De- definitely gotten a, a, a little bit a little bit worse and a little bit more kind of like no this is not the kind of company I want I think back in the N64 days there was just this excitement about all these kind of games in 3D you sure. know where like you you didn't know what to make of this game but you knew Harvest Moon and so you're like oh is this Nintendo's Harvest Moon and everybody had to trust that Nintendo would be able to take a co- concept like a peaceful game like that and make it big but the, the actual that- the cynicism and, and hatred for N64 stuff back then was reserved mostly for 2D games yeah, that's true. There, and like, there was like, uh, like, uh, what was uh, Yuki uh, Mischief Makers, yeah, right? Like games like that where people games, like, yeah. oh, Treasure, don't make a game with a robot made. I want to blow stuff up in a yeah. big way, right? Like people, people wanted certain companies to go in a certain direction. Mm. That certainly happened. And and like Yoshi's Story got um, vitriol mm. because it was too easy, right? Like that right. kind of stuff definitely happened. But Animal Crossing, nobody knew what to do. And then when Nintendo first talked about it, um, to do with it, but what when Nintendo first talked about it, they said this is a communication game and then people are like oh, okay well that doesn't sound like too much fun mm-hmm. right but you also started dreaming it's like oh is this an online game where you will send messages to people and you know like i, I think people people thought there was some other hook to it when in fact it was about the simplicity of that game right um and that that it actually worked is is pretty amazing to me okay yeah All it was right. a it was a a very fascinating thing. Uh, I think you, you guys are very right in that it was like it was it was new and it was kind of hard to quantify. Yeah. And it didn't really fit into any of the boxes they'd pre-established. I think Animal Crossing was always fantastic because it tread that line between sort of that obsessive collector, as, as you mm-hmm. pointed out, but also um, that kind of flourishing artist creative type where it's a, a mesh between finding things and ticking off boxes and then taking a few to- uh, a few hours to just make something yourself, mm-hmm. like uh, creating textures and flags in that game and patterns for your shirts and stuff like that was was incredible like that yeah. the ability to do that um even doing stuff like connecting the Game Boy Advance and going to that island, uh, I actually used the Game Boy Advance for all of my pixel art creations in that game because mm-hmm. it was just closer and you could move the D-pad a little easier than the than the joystick. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the first Animal Crossing game that ever came to America, the one for GameCube, yep. when I was in college and that was kind of the perfect game for college because I didn't have a lot of money, okay. so I couldn't afford a ton of games. But buying something that I could check in on regularly that would also last me like a year mm-hmm. or maybe more was great for me. But what made you take a chance on it? I'm just curious what – when I think of you, and this is not to typecast you, <laughs> sure. but I do think of you – first of all, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're a very funny person. Like to be around, you're very witty, uh, very you. artistic. Um, so I can see the game appealing to your artistic side, um, but I just wonder what got you into it. Like you're also hardcore Jersey, 
East Coast. Totally. Yeah. You know, I like my big pun and rap, which was pretty much prominent in, yep. in, in that time. And I was playing this. I was playing this game in New York City, which yeah. is fun, like in a New York winter where it's cold and yeah. Wu-Tang outside. And all yeah, that. exactly. Um, so, like, and, how did they get your attention? Uh, I think it was the fact that it was uh, – so Nintendo actually caught me at a, at a really good time with the GameCube. I had just moved to New York, and I was kind of – ready to not really give up on games, but kind of put them in the back pocket. And I got this invite to this GameCube launch event. And I went in and uh, got to play Smash Brothers and Rogue Squadron and Pikmin and all this other stuff. And it sold me on the system. And once I got the system, I started really paying attention to what they were doing. And I loved the idea of them bringing over stuff from Japan. I remember uh, specifically growing up reading IGN and reading people's previews that you guys were doing on uh, – what's that? What was that weird photo dance studio game? Talent, talent studio. Talent studio. Yeah. So I remember seeing that. Mario artist. Yeah, I remember seeing that and being like, this doesn't really fit into the mascot platformer or adventure game box that mm-hmm. Nintendo's so good at doing. What is this thing? Yeah. So I started looking at it and started realizing that uh, you know you get your own house in it, you get your own apartment. And I was looking around my apartment at the time, and I'm like, half of my half of my, half of the chairs in my apartment are milk crates. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the 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 set decorations are forty <laughs> bottles. Like the the lamp over there is actually a hookah. Like yeah. there's really not a lot going on in here. Yeah. And I was like, you know, well, video games are escapism, mm-hmm. and if you can escape into a house that's bigger than yours yeah. on a very small fundamental level, then yeah. That's that's something huge too. That's really cool. So I started playing it more and more, and then I realized you can actually go Jersey in this game. You can go New York. Yeah, you can yeah. you can start teaching slang to the animals. You can start. Omar's coming. Yeah, I started. Like I started making. Uh, I started making rap album covers as the pixel art and raising up his flags <laughs> and signs. So like this you, month, Nas. Yeah, well, no, seriously, Nas's first album, Illmatic. I recreated that perfectly with pixel art. Wow. So people would come so to my good. town, and that was the other thing. I was in a long distance relationship at a time with a girl I started dating in high school, and then she went to college. I went to college. She went in Rhode Island, and I went in, in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she got a GameCube also, and we would play Animal Crossing, and when we would see each other, we would take each other's memory cards and plug them into each other's GameCubes and That's exchange letters. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> weird things would happen, like my my character would show up in her town, and he'd have letters, and he'd be showing my, ex- or my girlfriend nice. letters that I had, nice. and I'd see stuff from her. Uh, eventually, we broke up, and then it got weird, because oh. my animals would be like... Hey, Kristen uh, has something cool to say. I'm like, I'm not talking to her. <laughs> you tell her I have nothing you to say. <laughs> Listen, you walrus. <laughs> I don't want to talk to that woman anymore. Um, okay, but it was something. It was something cool that kind of like connected me uh, with my with my girlfriend at the time. It connected me with my roommate because he had a, a house in the town, mm-hmm. and we would exchange items and trade and stuff like that. And uh, one of my favorite things I ever did was I went to the school library. And I went on GameFAQs, and I printed – somebody had made an Animal Crossing guide the, of all the furniture guide. And it, I sent it to the printer because I didn't have a printer. And it was something like 3,000 pages. Oh, God. So the you printer – that in a college. Yeah. You, the printer just shot out a book. And I just walked home in the rain with this huge stack of papers and ran back to my apartment with a pen and started checking off. All right, that's modern furniture set number oh, one. Wow. A lovely couch. You know, green <laughs> chair. So awesome. You, couch, you, you right. hit upon a good point, though, yeah. in that mm-hmm. there's also the unexpectedness of the mm-hmm. day. And the surprises that come with yeah. playing through uh, an Animal Crossing game. And there was that challenge to the notion, is this a video game? I 
sincerely remember this being one of my first brushes with that conversation. Really? Right. Yeah, I religiously read uh, EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, back then. And I know that they had some coverage on it. I think I had seen an ad in the magazine and maybe an ad on television. But something said to me, give this a chance. And I had a GameCube. So I was like, I'm going to try this out. And I have to admit, uh, on this podcast, I didn't get it. I tried it. I was like... That's nice. I, I don't quite understand what this is about, and this doesn't seem really aimed for me. Well, I you don't like people, so here. like it makes a yeah, lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so I just let it all like sort of go. Um, but you know, regardless, I think that as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate it. Yeah. Um, the interesting you know. thing about that debate, by the way, is that I still don't know if it's a video game or not. I mean, I guess it is in the traditional sense or even mm-hmm. the modern sense, but it did have video games in it. Like my oh, yes. my yes. house had every NES game, and it took me uh-huh. a very long time to get those. Mm-hmm. But I think that was another reason why it was a good. It, that was like one of the things that there kept was a hooked, hook, right? Yeah, there was a great hook. I'm and so, like, yeah. and like, I, I mean, the debate. I, I sometimes I get the debate over whether you know Mitomo is a video game. It's got the pachinko drop thing in it, but really at its core, it's just about messaging and yeah. answering questions, mm-hmm. right? It's like a survey app almost. But like, I always thought Animal Crossing. It, it was just the gameplay was there. It was all about collecting and. In the the interactions with this character with these characters figuring out why there's a drunk sailor on the beach right like it had these kind of like <laughs> mini mysteries built into it and so I never understood the challenge that oh this is not enough but game it also yeah. was sort of like a job it was kind of like driving oh, yeah. your forklift in Shenmue sure. except it's the whole game some you chores know? yeah yeah, 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 there, yeah there were chores to like be done and, but you didn't oh I I liked it too but thinking back on it sometimes I wonder mm-hmm. if me today would like it as much as as, well, as I, I think I think um, what was cool about it was like the forklift stuff in Shenmue was sort of like a lull in and not an admittedly fast video game but in, in a game that had I should buy one had, had peaks and valleys right mm. Animal Crossing was pretty much like this is the note yeah. you know this is the mm. this is the beat this is the or this is the BPM this is the rhythm if you're into it and, it's here for a while and that game basically said get out once in a while yeah. you know it's like well you, you don't have enough money to do anything like in the beginning remember like, oh yeah. You, yeah like the game you're basically said yeah come back tomorrow I mean I, I, I told I actually I, thought that was pretty fascinating yeah I told this story when Bill Trennan was on but I, I there was a there was a whole part I mean when you're in college you stay up till weird hours in the night mm-hmm. I remember just like I had five people in my town I would just go knock on their doors all night long like mm-hmm. yo Betty wake up Betty, wake up. You got any furniture? And this this hippo would wake up and be like, why do you keep knocking on my door? I don't have anything. And I was like, all right, there's nothing left for me to do right now. I can go fishing. But eventually, you catch all the fish. You fill your house with them. You wake up. You sell them to Tom Nook. But Nook's asleep. You know, everyone's asleep. But you're still up running around the town like a crazy person. All the other animals are mad going, boom, I did want to say, though, that uh, I guess that's the other piece, then, that the game responds to you re- regardless of how you try to interact yeah. with it. And everyone has something to say. Like, I laugh all the time when someone says um, – I think Callie said this in the office that in uh, in the more recent traditional one uh, – not the not Wild World, the one on 3DS. I'm sorry. Animal Crossing New Leaf. Yeah. Uh, if you want someone to move because they put their house in the middle of your brick road, keep beating them on the head with the uh, with the – with the net, and they'll eventually get the picture. <laughs> Is that real? I've heard people say that. I don't think it's oh, real. I did that to this li- urban, that, that lion, uh, that yeah. lion Aziz back in yeah. the day. I gotta try I, that. I wanted him out of my town. I- I, I mean, some, some I, I wish there garbage was garbage in his front lawn. Like, the, the <laughs> game, game Marty with a net every morning, see if he'll move his desk. Uh, <laughs> outside, outside the pit, the game does encourage mostly good behavior, and I wish it did have a little bit more of a mean streak too, mm-hmm. just to kind of you know, kids will be kids, and like if they want to build sand ca- castles, but they also want to tear them down. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you know, you need to cater to that 
okay. part of human nature as well. So to make somebody move by hitting them on the head, I mean, that's Jersey style, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you yeah. do it. Yeah. All right, cool. So then let us move forward then to Star Fox. Star Fox Guard, more specifically, which uh, we have been playing. We've had Star Fox. Played We've the had other one, too. Both for uh, some time. Uh, we talked about Star Fox Zero last week. We had a really short episode. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> Guard is sort of a different beast, born from a, a game that we saw as a prototype two years ago or, or whatnot. Um, and what do we think? Well, I mean, first of all, when you buy Star Fox you get the game included, right? Right For now. retail, yeah. Um, or you could buy it separately as a download if you're not interested in Zero, but if you buy them together, you're given a discount for And that. so I kind of ignored it in the beginning. I'm like, screw that. I've got the real Star right. Fox. I'm going to play this game, having a ton of fun with it, especially the co-op mode. Um, and so I ignored it, and then I booted it up because I kind of felt like, oh, it's kind of the free pack-in. But I'm actually surprised as the, the you know, it has... It has some depth to it. It has yeah. some really clever concepts. It's it's well presented. It is not. It's not a fifty or sixty dollar game for sure, right? But like, I'm surprised they've felt the need to pack this in with Star Fox with, yeah. with Star Fox Zero. To me, that that almost begs the question: Was there shaky confidence at Nintendo in a retail package only for Star Fox Zero, yeah. based on the content that it had? Because Star Fox games, by their design, by history. Are short games. Well, they're, shooters they're, they're in general, shooters right? That like, are meant yeah. to. Well, yeah, but this short, shorter to an extent that it, it's a game that encourages multiple playthroughs and multiple mm-hmm. replayability. You're going through to get medals yeah. and high scores yeah. and, and co-op runs and things like that. But which is <clears> at odds probably with with games that most kids play nowadays, yeah. right? Like they look for the the deep kind of yeah, well, yeah. multi-week experience. You buy Minecraft, right. you're, yeah. you're trapped for thousands of hours yeah, yeah. by that game. Not trapped, but you can give yeah. up a thousand hours to a game like that. So it, it, And we've talked about this on the show before, just the weird place that pricing and mm-hmm. value yeah. get kind of you know, sort of uh, the, the argument and the conflation that comes around that argument because of how you want to satisfy people. But it's not a throwaway experience. Like, Guard is, is very deep. There's a lot going on in terms of there's a ton of charm, which is very signature of Nintendo yep. mm-hmm. products. But there are two classes of robot. There are a combat class and there are a chaos class. Chaos class are mostly designed to disorient your cameras. There's one that is shaped like a fan, and it'll just blow the camera to look upward so you're not looking at a certain position. Yep. There are 12 screens on screen, and you are cycling between them on the gamepad. And the whichever one you are currently focused on shows up in the center in case you haven't seen this game um there's a big robot chicken that falls in love with your camera and will steal it that's another chaos robot <laughs> that's but one of the weirdest senses i've ever heard you say yeah <laughs> oh there's there's more there's a there's one that it's shaped like a television it has a propeller on its head and two arms and it'll fly up to a camera and you can catch this happening it'll look into it and go like basically attach itself and it's displaying something that isn't happening it's like mission impossible so it's like the mission impossible yeah. photo yeah. and the so only weird. way you know it happened is by looking at the gamepad you'll see an x on your camera uh-huh. showing hey three's three's not showing you an accurate image it's like oh my goodness like it's, it's and so funny it's, because it plays to that like stre- stress of having to monitor all these yeah. monitors right and then one of them you got to remember oh that one's going to be fake right yeah, like yeah. it's very very clever well and it is also um sort of setting up that language between looking between two screens, which is what Star Fox Zero pretty much takes the ball and runs with. This is a game that instead of you flying and shooting at enemies that are also flying around you, you are stationary and the enemies are coming towards the center and you're trying mm-hmm. to cycle through cameras to stop them. <clears throat> but um, do you guys think the timing is weird on this on the release of this game? Like it just it seems odd to sort of like 
I feel it's odd that it's a pack-in. Like, I feel like it devalues it almost, right? And I've, I've heard this uh, sentiment mm. echoed in our comments yeah. and on mm. YouTube where people say, they're like, oh, this is just, they kind of just dismiss this as. Yeah, because it's a cool product. And yeah. it's like, I don't, but I don't know if it would have made sense as a lead into yeah. Star Fox mm. Zero, because I think it would have sort of confused the messaging a little bit mm. to kind of be like, uh, you know, if you put this game out two months before Star Fox Zero, like prelude to Star Fox Zero, people would be like, oh, well, this is not. It's sort of your ground zeros to your Metal Gear yeah. Solid 5 yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way. But um, even that gave you a smaller, sort of more compartmentalized idea of what you were getting from the bigger package. Yeah. This yeah, is a completely different, completely different. Yeah, the yeah. skill the skill set is the same, but the way you actually play is very yeah. different. That's an excellent But it's cool. Point. It's a cool, And it's a cool package, and I, 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 I'm happy it exists. I just think the timing's a little odd. It is. I've, I, it's almost like this should be part of Nintendo Land 2 or something, right? Like, sure. This is the Star Fox attraction in Nintendo Land 2. And quite frankly, I mean, you could have... You could have put other Nintendo franchise like wrappers on it. This could have been a Pikmin defense game where you know right. you're defending your your fruit from the incoming bulbors. I'm, I'm, right? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I actually think the Star Fox connection makes a lot of sense simply by virtue of what they're asking of you as a player. Um, the weird thing is having it as a separate disc. I think is a little odd in that you know could this not have been included just on that main one? Like why? Why sort of make it sort of this package of two things? But at the end of the day, it does at least put in your head value. And we're telling people, like, right now, don't dismiss this game. Like, it is it is very good. Right. It is very good. Like, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised by each planet I play, by the upgrade system in place, by the cameras you get mm. later. You get special cameras that will put things in slow-mo and give you, like, a saving throw as you're about to lose. Mm-hmm. You have cameras that will freeze enemies so that you can then swivel another one and shoot it. Um and it is really fun with a room. It's one of those. We have a let's play where Brendan and I played it together, and he's just yelling at me for nine minutes. Yeah, like, twelve, twelve. <laughs> and, I, and the thing is, too, um, you kind of got to develop trust with the other person in the room and make sure that because there are two different types of robots, and if the combat one makes it to the center, it's game over. Um, you have to hope they understand that. And so I wasn't listening to Brendan for one of them on that let's play, and we ended up losing uh, because of it. So I don't know. There, there's something there, too, that yeah. I think is just hilarious uh, in terms of a way to interact with the game with people. Mm-hmm. But I think the Star Fox connection, they made it make sense. Mm-hmm. It's weird because they're two different games, but it makes sense in the context of what it well, is. Well, Nintendo has a really good history of doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think they've even set on, uh, Miyamoto set on record before about, like, coming up with the, a a concept for a game first uh, and then figuring out which franchise it fits with rather than just being like, let's make a new Mario game. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. we have this water pack. It's really cool. What yeah. should who should yeah, who, yeah. who gets it? Yep. And they're like, Mario gets it. So I think for this game, for them to be like Star Fox gets it, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. of, of course it's strange. And I think they would have found a way to uh, adhere it to any of their franchises, yeah. I think. but um, You could have been shooting... Uh, People with bow and arrow and like a Zelda themed one, and it's crystals. Sure, make it right? like, like, like it, yeah. It's like such a simple concept that works with any of their franchises. Yeah. It is, it is, it's kind of weird how it is released as a pack in, but mm-hmm. also, you know, maybe they, maybe this was a, a decision where they say, you know, this is great for early adopters. If you're buying Star Fox now, you get this whole new game in its own box that you can hold on, and later on, you'll just get. A single game. Like, I would, who knows, right? I would like, actually look to see. Well, actually, that's it. They've said the but, first print run yes. of Star Fox Zero will have both games included, yeah. which to me says later Zero is going to be So they're trying to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, they're trying mm-hmm. to instill a sense of urgency to pick yeah. this up, mm-hmm. and that's great. I mean, then people who pick it up get, get an extra reward. We don't know if that first run is going to sell out, of course. Mm-hmm. or you know, I would actually love to yeah. see a sort of a slightly pared-down version of this game on, on 3DS. 
Um, that, that's you. That's your that's name. That's my name. Down. Uh, uh, sort of like uh, a, a, a slightly simplified version of this game on 3DS. Does it feel like too much for you? No, I just I think it's a it's, it's I think it'd be a really awesome portable game. Okay. Like yeah. I think it's it feels like the couple of thing the kind of thing you see. Would it's get interesting it. you say that because I find it uh, it's a game about putting out fires, and I think I'm more comfortable doing that in my living room than yes. I would on the train. <laughs> I feel bad Fair for enough. the lady sitting next to me. Pretty stressful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my, twelve, <laughs> and then yeah. like trying to switch between them. Well, I remember like I remember commuting. Playing something like Medios, where you're just like, ah, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, but it's a fun kind of stress. I don't, I don't want to say when I say putting out fires, I mean in the sense that you're just managing all of these tasks. And They're if you fun do it right, fires. I, I think so. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think some games can make that stress fun. Um, I think Dark Souls is an extension of the stress of just trying to find secrets, mm-hmm. right? And and having this beautiful world where you are you are it is tantalizing what is around the next corner. Yeah. I think like the From games do that so well. Yep. Spoiler, it's a giant a meat bag monster yeah, with a horse skeleton of human gonna hands. Put a spike <laughs> through you. Okay. <laughs> right. So uh so the, beautiful. Let's move on then to Mitomo. I'm so glad you said that. So Mitomo I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. Right. Uh, Mitomo is fa- is Mitoto, Mitomo fading too fast on the App Store and Google Play. Um, Did drop so, off a lot. So we saw the first week good performance in Japan. Uh, we saw the first week worldwide good performance on the App Store. Mm-hmm. Apple promoted it, had it as a featured app, which of course helps. Right, yeah. the minute you open up your App Store, if you're if you're a customer that's always going there, oh, Nintendo made something that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, but then you know we've not only seen a steady drop on the charts, mm-hmm. but we've also seen that uh, top grossing, it it hasn't really cracked a solid spot in the top 150 apps. There were, there were some estimates. Like I saw some estimates, but they're all unsubstantiated. They are. Made, yeah. made more than 200k a week, which you know, like is 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 decent, but it's not setting the world on fire when you have some of the top performing apps doing over a billion sure a, a year. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know what to think of it at this point. It's like. When people talk about big mobile successes like Angry Birds, it sometimes sounds like um, it sounds like an overnight success. It wasn't right. Like Angry Birds came when came when came when they try like they updated this app and Rovio really worked hard until it became this mega hit where mm-hmm. everybody then right. knew Angry Birds. But it took a really long time. Some games will just kind of take off and stay up. Like Candy Crush was a good example of something yep. that went high but required frequent updates to keep going. And I think this app definitely still needs that there. Yeah. You know, like there's it is. Think about, like, let, let's say it's a social network. When I start my Facebook app, it opens immediately. I get a notification on what's going on. I can share whatever I want, and it's really fast and really easy to get in. Mitomo takes a long time yeah. to get started, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's a little spinning thing, just like Badge Arcade, right? Like, mm-hmm. it has stuff to do in the beginning. And so it is not that. It has to be a more deliberate experience mm-hmm. and not this kind of quick check to see what's new with my Yeah, I think, I think you make a lot of really good points. If you look at something like Minecraft on iOS when it first launched... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a shell of what it right. is now. Like now, it's actually a full fledged and a port. shell of the success. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, but we, it's with 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 the with the iPhone store or the iOS store, or just apps in general. Mm-hmm. They are growing ecosystems, and it's a matter of how much Nintendo wants to tap into that. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this is something that they maintain. Uh, I think that one of the reasons it's not making a ton of money is because it's really hard to give it money. Like you have to, you have to dig deep yeah, to figure yeah, out a way yeah, to, sure. to pay it. Uh, yeah. Actually, her overheard. Really want that shirt? 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I just noticed today they updated, and there's a, a Famicom controller T-shirt, Ooh. and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Like, where was that stuff at launch? Like, they gave you that that Mario costume if you traded in uh, my Nintendo coins, but like, if you want to get people like really buying cool stuff or spending money, like. Put in more Nintendo stuff. Put in the more recognizable stuff. Team up with some brands. Get some cool stuff. Like, have have it so it's it's fun to take those pictures with those outfits because that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's the entire hook of that game. So day one, they had the Mario outfit. You got a hat for free. Yeah, they have this Famicom Super Famicom sweatshirt. I think that's a good play. I wonder. Um, I, I have a couple things to say about Mitomo, but I do agree that uh, there there has to be a little bit more to keep you hooked. I do find it funny to look through responses and see what people are saying to things that I've said. I find it difficult to go through the friends list to find uh, or, or cycle through what my me has to say because I just added so many people I don't know that right. I lost the the sort of the personal touch, the personal factor yep. to it. But I have a ton of candy. So I'm probably right. just going to start hitting up Perrin, like bribing him to hear his darkest secrets. <laughs> um, but to, to me, I think that I agree with you. They need more of the Nintendo-themed stuff. And I wonder if... When Star Fox comes out, is there a Star Fox line of clothing? Right, that and shows that's, up. That's and so smart. You'll buy that. That's so know? smart to like because direct Nintendo, promotional yeah, ties. Nintendo loves to promote Nintendo within other spaces. They yeah. did it with Mario Maker. I half expect a Chicken Walker sprite to show up in Mario Maker leading up to Star Fox Zero's totally. release. I'm probably off. Maybe it's a yeah. Landmaster. I don't know, but I, I expect that. You look at what they did with Smash Brothers, where like adding fighters like uh, Corrin, yeah. you know, with a release of a game. Um, and to me, those are all signals that Nintendo is just very conscious of the fact that they can promote their other brands within existing brands. It's cross-promotion. Yeah, yeah. It's, absolutely. It's so smart. Yeah. It's so smart. So I think that um, the big question for me is, is that going to happen with Star Fox? Right. I am leaning towards I hope so because mm-hmm. I think that even if Star Fox as a brand is not flying off the shelves in terms of uh, – like it, it worries me because Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard is the first time I've looked at comments in a while and just seen sort of a split down the middle of who wants it and who doesn't. Yeah. And I feel like I haven't seen that in a while. Usually, like with Mario Maker, it was Universal, yes. Zelda, Universal, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, with Star Fox, I'm not sure. But regardless, I think that those little tie-ins will, will just help spread that awareness, yeah. give people, give people a, uh, the, the visor, whatever you want to do, For but sure. do costumes with it. But then the other part of this that I find kind of rubs me we- in a weird way is Mitomo Drop, yeah. which... Is just unlike any Nintendo game I've really played. I Do even feel really? like Badge Doesn't it Center. Doesn't feel like we play and so like I feel it feels like, like those mini game collections. Is more generous in terms of the amount of things or prizes you get. This thing just really? it feels so much tied to luck. I, I just heard I the ninja heard, outfits uh, went up and I and I went for it. You guys yeah, went for it, right? I, like it. I went for I went for a couple and I missed it five times in a row and I was what like, What did you do? This. You're like, I'm done. Uh, I, I burned all my tickets on that. I overheard Eric Sapp, who's one of our like uh, lead like uh, art designers here at IGN, and he said, I heard him say this in the office. Half an hour ago, he said, Mitomo Drop is harder than Dark Souls. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That is so true. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the fact that it's you have to pay to get in or you save up your tickets, mm-hmm. you wait and wait and wait. It's like Willy Wonka. It's, it's like being Charlie in the Chocolate mm-hmm. Factory. You get those tickets and, you know, or you, you save up money for a chocolate mm-hmm. bar and you don't get anything. Uh, it's tough. So I think that being part of the hook to get you coming back every day, mm-hmm. um, first of all, it doesn't cycle out enough. Like, it was those bread costumes for the first six days, yeah. which is a weird mm-hmm. launch and choice. Cap- 
stuff. Yeah, the meantime monster. Stuff. Yeah, it felt like it also like that was aimed towards a wider audience. And they're yeah. like ninjas, and all the boys went yes, yep, and yep, just yep. dove in. But I think uh, trying like, to get their shinobi. Uh, I think it's like it, it's a social app that doesn't have a ton to do in it yet. And again, it will as it grows. Mm-hmm. But you had mentioned, I think, when we first started talking about Mitomo, mm-hmm. about how you're going to see people really get involved with this once you start decorating your apartment, mm-hmm. and you don't have any of that stuff right now. We just talked about how Animal Crossing hooked us because of very simple reasons like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, I think Mitomo is is right within reach of that, mm-hmm. and uh, Tomodachi Life got there to an extent. Yep. It didn't really let you customize it, but you could pick different themes. Yeah, yeah. No, right now, everyone cool. just has a, a stock place. Yeah. Uh, and there's no sense of world there of like people come and go from your place. You tap on them and they, they scurry out. But and they there come is back personality in. in what people say and in the right, responses you Right, but you don't have you that get. like Tomodachi Island type No, no, of. yeah. No, but I, I find it very entertaining to see how people respond to Me things. Me too. And, and the answers to the questions that they give. Well, because it's not, being, it's not being censored and people are using it as this very surreal, <laughs> like, and that's why I love it because people are, like, somebody was like, what do you do to relax? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's stuff like that. And somebody yeah. somebody asked me like who's your favorite uh, male vocalist and I was like whoever sang the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series theme song and that's not the real answer I would give right. but the real answer is boring right. so I do that and that's fun and I think that like aligning with the right people like Mike Drucker is one of those people who's oh. just fantastic at me too because yeah. he's depressed and surreal and weird yeah. and that's what I look for in social in social media when I go depressed. on Twitter yeah. if all the tweets I read were like my favorite singer is mm. blah 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 I'd be like, oh, God, this is so boring. But I follow comedy writers on Twitter and artists on Twitter and musicians on Twitter because it's interesting. So I think when it's it's, it's defined by the interesting people who use it and the interesting ways you can use it. I I agree. And then there's one more hook um, that still feels kind of disconnected, and that's, of course, Nintendo's reward system and the My Nintendo Mm. kind of profile system. Like, the more I look at Mitom, I almost feel like it it should be the center of your – of your identity, like it almost should be that should be the me, me app that connects so all the different clear, devices. You're saying right? My Nintendo and Mitomo mm-hmm. should be the same app. Yeah, like to me, like if there is a center point to your identity to Nintendo, Mitomo could actually play that role, and not just being this kind of social app that takes your me and connects it with others, yep. but really being about your experience with Nintendo. You're, so you're right. unlocking of uh, prizes, and like when every time you go for a reward, you have to go into Mitomo. You're gonna do other stuff and yeah, answer yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. It, it does feel weird that there's that disconnect. I wish mm-hmm. I could access my Nintendo directly through Mitomo and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. Um, I have noticed cool things through my Nintendo that you can access um, Miiverse and the eShop mm-hmm. and they incentivize you to do that within yeah. those apps. Yeah. And I remember I checked Miiverse on uh, my 3DS and it took a second for the coins to pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, once a week you get 60 coins for checking Miiverse and six, or 30 for each, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. And you can do that through through uh, through the website, which works fantastic on mobile. I'm floored at that. And it's mobile yeah. first. Like, yeah. You can't really access it. I mean, you can use your Wii U or your 3DS web browser, I guess, to access it, mm-hmm. but it's not a dedicated app within yeah. Nintendo's core devices. Like They're very much tapping into you have this device with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on this, because we have to move on, is that I feel like... Mitomo is a field test for my Nintendo to me. I feel like the the system that they have come up, the missions that they have come up with are very much a test to see what can we get you to do to go for this platinum currency. Right. 
Um, and I don't think that's a nefarious angle. I just no. think it's an interesting yeah. one because then you take those points and what are you spending them on? And are we giving you – are we incentivizing you in a way where we're creating this loop of you playing our product yeah. and using that currency to get things either within the app itself or for your other Nintendo devices? Yeah. And I think that loop has started in an interesting way. Now, what I question is will other larger Nintendo games moving forward – Mitomo has its own platinum currency, which uh, has to do – you have platinum coins and platinum Mitomo coins, yeah. which I just think is weird. Yeah. I'm like, wait, so are other games going to get their own currency that jump yeah. into the system? The rewards like, are clear. Achievement system stuff basically yeah. could tie into that, right? Some, yeah. yeah, the ones that are general, like signing into Miiverse, are regular platinum coins, whereas mm-hmm. the ones that get five hearts a day are Mitomo platinums. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I confusing. wonder how – I don't find it confusing. I just wonder if the system is designed to do that for every entry that's going to approach missions. Hmm. And also, when do missions start affecting larger Nintendo games on its platforms? Well, Mitomo is the only place that's doing it right now. I have a feeling the entire of those. I have a feeling the entire like ecosystem of that is going to get screwy if they say do if, if they put out a Zelda game and it's like you get twenty five coins for beating a temple or killing a boss without getting hurt. Can I use those coins to buy a Zelda shirt in Mitomo? Or a Zelda shirt for Zelda. Right, but that's where it's going to get weird, where it's like there's a yeah. there's a currency for each game, yeah. but yeah. then there's an overall currency. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually kind of like right now, like, I'll I'll play the game for a while. I'll play Mitomo, check yep, in every yep, few yep. days, and then exchange it for, like, a, a 3DS theme or um, that even that, like, uh, that... Twilight Princess Picross. It's just a, li- a little thing. I don't know if I would have bought that, but I ended up. I played that game for like five hours. Yeah, me too. And that was cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was great. It was and just that's like, a cool way to reward yeah. people. No, but, I completely. But, agree. And I'm saving up for but, a WarioWare touch. We, we gotta right end now. on your yeah. point. No, I gotta move us forward. to me though. Yeah. That direction makes sense because that's what they have um, set up for Amiibo or attempted mm-hmm. to yeah. set up for Amiibo, right? Like something that is like a currency or or, or something that that crosses all the different games right. they do. And so, like, I could imagine them taking this approach to make achievements and. These kind of rewards more meaningful. Mm-hmm. They'd have to level set, like adjust the level of what you get for what coin level. But that seems doable. Sure. Okay. Cool. So now let's go to the question block. We haven't done this in a while. I asked for questions on Twitter. Thank you so much for everyone who sent them in. We're going to start with Kyle Bean, who asked, "Do you think we will get an announcement or some sort, direct or otherwise?" Uh, about NX before E3, or will we go in blind? And the bigger part of that question is, what's your preference? Would you rather go into E3 blind, or do you think they're going to say something beforehand? Uh, well, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Okay. We won't get anything before, but we won't go in blind because everything Nintendo has been leaking. Okay. So we will we will get we will get a shard or a, a, a sliver of something. Mm. I don't know if it'll be real. <laughs> worst, that's the worst way to get it. Okay. It's true. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying prefer? it's ideal. Well, I'd prefer to just find out at E3. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I prefer that too. I do think that they will get. Uh, I think they will get something out of the way before E3. I do think there'll be an announcement. It may just be through Japan again and through an interview with Kimishima or yeah. you know in some some Japanese business publication where I do think they will go out and say what NX is first, and then they will get everybody interested. The, they need to get the business. World interested, not sure. just consumers, but, and then E3 they'll show the device. See, sure. I don't think they do it through a Japanese publication. I think they either make the statement globally yep. themselves or they don't. But I do think Kimishima either says at the next investors meeting, which is uh, uh, around the end of this month, 
we're talking at E3 or here's a quick thing and we're not saying more until E3. Sure. And that's the big hanging question in the air. Yeah. I also would prefer to go into E3 blind because I feel like for all of us, the unveiling of a console is something that is very special. And the leaky faucets uh, have been a huge problem more mm-hmm. than ever. I mean, everything leaks. And it's not just them. It's every it's everybody. company right it's now. It's everybody now. It's out of control. And... Uh, I just I just like to be surprised, but at the same time, leaks happen, and I understand them, and it is what it is. Uh, selfishly, I'd love the news tomorrow, but I also, like, less than selfishly, want them to get this right. Okay. So I want them to take all the time they can. Good, 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 good answer. All right, next question from Erm, a uh, good friend of the show. What do you think of the – so there's a rumor running around that Splatoon and Mario Maker may get NX remakes as well as with the Smash 4 one, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Do you think this means Splatoon 2 is a long way off from happening? I think a Splatoon remake uh, or a Splatoon NX port would make a lot of sense just because of how successful that game was uh, in Japan and in attracting a big audience to it. Um, I just wonder the direction on that one because – I mean, I'd have to check on the Japanese sales charts if it's still selling as well as it was or if they think a new machine would really sell that game to anyone who missed it. Well, that's that's exactly that's the you, question. You, you caught right? it right there yeah, at the end. Yeah. Um, I think the, the sales data for those games so far is irrelevant because mm-hmm. they're swinging for the fences with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the 70, 77% of the people who owned a PS4 hadn't played The Last of Us. Okay. Or or the Uncharted games. That's right. You brought so that up. Yeah. This was this was the kind of thing where it was like, well, let's give let's give this thing a second chance. Uh, not like it did bad to begin with because those games did great. Yeah, Just yeah. like Splatoon did great, mm-hmm. Mario Maker did great. I mean, those especially are, in Japan. Yeah, those are successes absolutely for mm-hmm. Nintendo. But if you're going to swing for the fences with a new console and get it to places where it's never been before, again, we've said this so many times in the show, you cannot keep selling Nintendo consoles to the diminishing group of hardcore Nintendo fans. Mm-hmm. We're getting old. We're getting tired. We're phasing out. We're dipping in and out of other mediums and other consoles and stuff like that they need to bring in lapsed gamers core gamers people who multi-platform owners everybody and those are the kind of people who like would love a really good shooter like yeah. splatoon yeah so give it to them for the first time and, you know and well, splatoon it, is made for those people totally. and, and splatoon just like smash brothers right like splatoon has that platform appeal where you know there's certain games that come out they have 10 hour campaigns let's, <clears throat> let's take star fox for example right if they release it on wii u comes out now and then they do an NX port the only reason to do that would be it didn't sell on Wii U and so we're tapping into a new audience that is looking for games to play right now for their new device right but with Splatoon it's like there are people who love this game who would keep on playing but you know if they're going to jump on NX like they kind of also want to switch. They don't want to have all these old machines hooked up. And I think mm-hmm. some of that happened um, with uh, you know the transition from 360 and Xbox One went, went all right, where like the Halo community shrunk. It got splintered. Right? Like yeah. you didn't get this. You didn't didn't get this immediate kind of move towards that that community moving to Xbox One with games like Destiny. Now you're seeing how Activision wants to keep that game alive and keep people playing and releasing updates. And I think Nintendo wants some of that too. Yeah. And it, it, Gives them so a, makes a total great, sense. A great esports title as well, yep. something that can, can they can continue to trumpet as more and more people get hooked into it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next one from Cartoon Skate. I want to say on Twitter. All these were from Twitter, by the way. Uh, thank you again for those who sent it in. Does Nintendo have a chance to slow the VR game with an X? So I kind of not crazy about the wording on this one because I wouldn't say slow the VR game, but instead 
kind of steal a bit of the microphone from VR, but I want to make it clear that I don't think VR is booming right now. Like, I think there's a lot of interest and the tech is cool, but I think there are a lot of hurdles. I think there's still very few killer apps, reasons to run out and buy. And a lot of the games that I, I constantly see are very concept driven, but yeah. not the kind of game that it's like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the one. Well, Whereas there have been other platforms that the right. minute it's you not, see it, you It's got not it. turnkey either, right? Like, mm-hmm. we are at the beginning of VR. Yeah, <clears> we we said this here before. I think, I think VR is awesome. Like, I've, I've played a bunch of games on it and like, Games like Valkyrie, like that makes me feel like I'm sitting in a ship in Star Wars, and you cannot get this in any other video game right. experience. This is very special, mm. but it's very fussy, and the barrier to entry is not just a ton of cash and having to upgrade your PC. And it's also, but also, big. Yes. A, you know, it's a, a big piece of kit, a different kind of scary experience where, like, all right, I'm not going to see what's going on around me. It's not something you can enjoy with your spouse on your couch next to you, no. and, um, unless you want to buy two, and then it gets weird. Yeah. And you're going to bonk into each other with the, with the goggles. But my, the, the point of VR is <clears throat> the VR, VR is like for cone t- heads. <laughs> exactly. The beginning of VR is going to be, be for tech heads with a lot of cash or people who are so into PC gaming that they have the biggest, beefiest right. machines. Yeah. Then comes PlayStation VR, and I think things may be a little different. Mm-hmm. I think PlayStation VR will become more of a, of a mass market device. And I think that's where NX and the VR and, and PlayStation can clash because there are only so many dollars to go around for for holiday shopping and for getting new technology in the house and so it is going to become a game if both of those come out at the same time yeah. right october yeah. is vr yeah, yeah. um it's going to be a game what sounds more exciting if you already have a playstation 4 yep. right yeah. yeah but i think that um i and i think vr is inherently cool i think the immersion is, is mm-hmm. great and i think that if you've experienced it you know what i'm talking about and if you don't you don't know what you're missing but I still think that regardless of the amount of dollars that have to go around, that Nintendo just needs to make sure they're saying the right things to get attention in general. And I feel like with Wii U, out of the gate, there were a lot of questions that weren't answered the right way. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of things along the way that it was just like, well, we're getting ports of games we already we already had from a third-party perspective, which, which, which you can argue was a mistake. Now, whether it turns out to work out in their favor with NX by porting their own first-party stuff instead mm-hmm. to try and sell to a larger, potentially larger base, we'll see. You know, um, I'm, I'm curious to see. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that works out. All right. Uh, this is going to be our last question. Uh, not that one. Oh, Sorry. I'm, no, I'm looking for one. I'm looking for one I had in mind. Um, also not that one. Sorry. Can't say who you are, too, because that's so mean. Uh, okay. Here's, here's our last NXE sort of question. This one comes from Josh uh, Robinson on Twitter. Regardless of whether Nintendo consolidates console handheld effort into one with NX, it's still unlikely they can be successful. Uh, it's still unlikely they can be successful as the sole provider of games on their own platform. With that in mind, do you think they've learned their lesson regarding third parties? <laughs> so I think consolidation would help them only because they're not splitting resources between two boxes. Instead, they're putting all of their efforts into one. So, Imagine now you have your Wii U and you have your 3DS and there are times you pick, put down your 3DS because there's nothing to play on it and instead you end up on your Wii U for a while and then you switch back because a bunch of RPGs just came out. For example, that is the case this year, right? Um, you're going to see that effort concentrated towards one box. I think that's a good thing. And that also depends, too, if 3DS is out of the conversation, which I'm not convinced it is yet, even though it is long in the tooth. Yeah. The big question is, what is an X? Is an X meant to be the home first, handheld later? Yep. 
is it the whole package or is Nintendo going to stick around, you know, sort of uh, keeping 3DS alive a little longer and making sure that there are games for it? Because that's going to still split their resources and they're splitting resources between mobile phones because they're still working on apps and services and theme park rides. Like, I almost wonder, they're doing, I worry they're doing too much. Well, I, I think that that's where they need help. Yeah. And help comes in the form of third parties. Mm-hmm. And you got to get on the phone to do that. But it's bigger than that. You need to have a console that has parity with the other ones. Because nobody wants to develop something specifically for your console unless it's a Wii scenario where it's it's too big to ignore, right? Yeah. Uh, the Wii was so big that you had to make something for it. And you had third parties making stuff like, I mean, we got a Dead Space light gun game. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that like was like, all right. People had to think outside of the box to create something for this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as simple as, and I know this is a very reductive way of game design, uh, but it wasn't as simple as dragging and dropping uh, to multiple consoles. You know, mm-hmm. It's not like when, when something comes out for Xbox One, PC, and PS4, uh, we the Wii U is not part of that conversation. And there was excitement. I mean, like yeah. I, freaking Rockstar made a ping pong game, right? Like we I said know. this before, and it's like there was excitement for the Wii to try something uh, for this machine from companies that had kind of thought after GameCube we're not making games for Nintendo yeah. platforms anymore. And, mm-hmm. and like when you rewind the clock a little bit, Nintendo used to be so strong that their games, their first-party games were so good that everybody else was kind of worried to get in their way, right? Yeah. Like when a Zelda game came out, Mario game, all these games were so good and all other developers uh, aspired to it. Whereas like on the PlayStation and the Xbox, originally Sony, Microsoft did not have these powerful in-house uh, uh, games and so the third parties like it was the splinter cells that defined the Xbox yeah. you know ignoring Halo now it it's a level playing field again yeah. you have Sony with incredibly strong first party software you have Microsoft you know kind of taking Both ownership of a things. lot of yeah. third party titles yeah. to make Xbox exclusive and so I do think Nintendo has to play a little bit more in that realm as yeah. well and leverage the third parties more video yeah, game well, and, oh sorry no what I was going to say is just that third party brands have also gotten so big yeah. you have GTA which is one of the biggest money makers mm-hmm. in video games today you have Call of Duty Fallout. same thing Fallout same thing Star Wars Battlefront same thing and these are brands that at the end of the day if people are able to get great like top-notch ports on your box yeah. as much as they will on uh, with your first party stuff like it's a win-win like that is a deciding factor for people you know i mean the minecraft conversation didn't start happening on a, on a nintendo platform until what this year last year like December, six months ago like December. it's ridiculous yeah. i mean that's a that's a just titanic sized ship that just went by uh Games need to run well on Nintendo consoles the same way they run across everything else. Games need to sell well on Nintendo consoles the same way they do everywhere else. And that means that Nintendo fans need to be open to purchasing stuff outside of Nintendo course uh, games. Um, video games are developed by people who grew up loving Nintendo. Mm. That people, Anybody around our age right now or a few years younger, a few years older who's developing a video game had a Nintendo console growing up and would probably love nothing more than to develop for a Nintendo yeah. console again. But that has to be a financial decision that makes sense. Yep. And it has to be something that doesn't impede on their vision uh, to the point that they have to start hacking parts off of their game to make it run on a Nintendo console. Yeah, one thing I just want to throw in is that uh, just to for- directly answer his question, though, have they learned their lesson regarding third parties? I think every leak I've seen so far has been related to a third party conversation in terms yeah. of chip strength, power, etc., which means they're like that, talking huh? to people. Yeah, but that, to yeah. me, says they're talking to people. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not that third parties are going to be surprised. Third parties, presumably, right now, at least know a spec for this machine. Mm-hmm. If only that. Maybe they don't have a controller. I would imagine they don't, because Nintendo needs to keep that under wraps as tightly as possible. For them, instead, it's got to be, will your game run on this? 
yes or no, and that's the conversation for right now, is what I perceive this to be. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to call, right? Like, again, we don't know what the NX is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if the NX is something where every developer goes, wow, that's so cool. I want to make something for this device just because I want to play around with its features, right? Then you start off on a completely different, with a completely different story. Let's go back to GameCube. It was a very, very similar device to the PlayStation and the Xbox, but it had proprietary media. Yeah. You couldn't fit all the data on there, yeah, but you couldn't smaller, play online, yeah. but you couldn't chat. Like it had, all these, it had all these, it had all these little asterisks, and mm-hmm. and you know, and and it had a handle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and and I love that machine dearly, but that was not something where developers would get excited and think, oh, I can do something, can make something for this device. So sure. I like it when Nintendo is different and when yeah. Nintendo does something new. The Wii almost got it right. But it was really archaic hardware. Yeah, mm-hmm. it Low had power. no network yeah. structure, right? Like it was, it was just so behind the times that it wasn't. Two steps forward, two it steps wasn't, back. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that exciting. Look at VR. Every freaking developer, every major publisher is making a VR game, mm-hmm. even though you know the install base is going to be tiny. It's hard to get like customers. Is uh, every everyone I speak to has a VR game? All the big guns, all your EAs, UBs, like everyone's got something. But the, in the but cooker. the big ballers, and even like the, the indies the, are making stuff, like the Take Two stuff. All right, so we've got to we we've got to continue and come back to this question, but we've got to go right now um, because the, the, the esports room, live show. Is on, yeah, on, the on, esports uh, live show is yeah, on. Yeah, you should check that out. Serious Radio. If you're into esports, Kevin Naki, great host. Um, lastly, you can support us by downloading the IGN app, which you can get on iOS, on PS4, on Android, on Xbox One, yeah. on Apple TV. Uh, my favorite one was on Apple TV. Um, you should check those out. Great way to consume content with the site. Lastly, you can leave us feedback by going to iTunes or by emailing the show, mbc at IGN.com. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Pear Schneider at Pear IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.